This is episode 172 of the Any Social Podcast. This week's guest is with Prathana Nandini Venanathan. I've butchered that one big time and we'll get to Pratt very shortly. But before we kick into it, if we haven't met before, I also play bass in the Australian heavy metal band Lord. And if you haven't heard us before, go over to lord.net.au. Um, we've got all of our video clips there. Our, um, we've got streaming music, um, a whole back catalogue. There's merchandise, lots of historical information there. Um, it's a really quick and easy way to get a taste of what our music's all about. We've got a brand new single out called United, Welcome Back, which is the first single off our brand new album called Fallen Idols, our first studio album in five years, or f- over five years, actually. Um you can go to lord.net.au slash united. Um, you can check out the video clip, which is also on YouTube, so you can go to YouTube as well, of course. Um, and um, by the time this episode comes out, you may be able to actually pre-order the new album. I'm not sure, because I'm recording some of these in advance. So uh, go over to lord.net.au or lord.net.au slash united, um, and you can follow us on all the socials, and we'll have more information there. But um, if you guys enjoy this song, and you get something out of it, and you really... Uh, you know, dig what we do in general. Um, I would love your support. I would love you to uh, find all of your heavy metal friends and share this music with them because it has been five plus years since the last studio studio album. Oh, spit it out, Andy. Um, and while we have been doing heaps of things in between, such as box sets and re-recordings and live albums, EPs, etc., um, it has been a long time since the last studio album. So. Um, for me, I, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I hope it goes down really well. I'm really excited for the music and I think people that love us and, and know of our music are really going to enjoy it. Um, but I really want this to reach as many people as possible. So if you've got a couple of minutes, uh, share this around, tag some friends in, in any of the posts on social media, um, and just, uh, yeah, share the new single around and see, uh, if you can, uh, win over a few more people and it'll mean a hell of a lot to not just me, but the other guys as well. So Lord, don't, don't, don't ugh. Lord.net.au. Go and check it out. Shut up, Andy. Now, I host a second podcast, which is called the Self Starter Podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. Uh, so either you may want to start your own business, or you already do, um, or you know somebody that uh, just wants to earn a little bit of extra money or get out of the office cubicle, a stereotypical shit job, whatever it might be, go over to selfstarter.com.au. There's a blog there. There's a fortnightly podcast. Season one ended at the end of 2018. Season two will kick off in June of this year. Uh, Go and check it all out. If you've got any guest recommendations, please let me know. I'm recording as we speak, so I'd love to get your feedback. Uh, But go over and check it all out, selfstarter.com.au. Thank you very much. All right, it's shout-out time. Every week, I thank one person, one legend, who supports me, the podcast, the band, etc. And it can be in a range of different ways. It can be something really simple, such as a guest recommendation or a message of encouragement, a bit of social media love, right up to buying some merchandise from the online store or even shouting me a beer via the PayPal button over at andysocial.net. And speaking of beer shouts, this week's shout-out is for Scott Smith. Now, Scott is located in... And I can never pronounce the name of this place properly. I've got, I've actually got no clue. I think it's Bacchus Marsh. It's in regional Victoria. And Scott's originally from Melbourne. And I've known Scott for quite a few years. And he is a photographer and a reviewer. Um, he's done a lot of stuff for uh, The Rock Pit, Lens of Rock. And he also hosts a uh, community radio station program called Rock Lives Here, which is on Apple 98.5 FM. Um, so you can go to Apple 985fm.com.au his uh, show runs on Saturdays 12pm till 2pm Australian Eastern Standard Time so if you want to check that out um, Scott's a massive 80s rock fan AOR fan I think I should get him on the podcast sometime just to chat AOR for an hour I think that'd be a lot of fun so we'll see how we go but um, the reason why Scott's getting a shout out is he sent me a beer shout and a nice little message uh, with that beer shout so thank you very much Scott Um, as you will already know uh, that money goes back into the podcast to keep this whole thing moving there's always a little uh, little costs here and there, gear and hosting and uh, getting around the traps to talk to people. So all this money keeps the podcast moving. And uh, the concept that I always say with the beer shout is that uh, the money goes towards me buying beer, which means less of my personal money being used for the podcast. So a very roundabout way of supporting the podcast, but uh, nonetheless, it is supporting me. So thank you so much, Scott. Really appreciate it. Uh, when you hear this, shoot me a message and I'll flick you out something in the post because we all like getting something in the mail. Another podcast, another guest. This week's guest is... Whew, okay, guys, um, just take take this with a grain of salt. Bear with me. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. Prathana Nandini Venunatan. Oh, I'm hopeless with the pronunciation. Butchered it, I know. Better known as Pratt. Pratt is a social media manager. She is a teacher. Um, she calls herself a music gremlin. She is an editor, a writer, a photographer. She is a jack of all trades, does so many different things. Uh, works with uh, Adversary Studios, who um, Aaron Warboys has been on the podcast before. Um, also works with Direct Touring, um, which is Dave Haley. Um, has done stuff with Heavy Magazine and Metal Obsession. Um, she also works as an English teacher as well and just does so many amazing things. Um, really heavy into the Australian metal scene as well as the Indian metal scene as well and um, just got a lot of great connections with a lot of great people and just does so much. A really inspiring person actually and has done so much in such a short space of time. But... I digress and carry on, as I always do. So in this chat, we cover a whole range of different things. I ask a bunch of dumb questions, as I usually do, um, but so cool to meet Pratt and just go through um, a little bit of her life to date and just, um, I guess, bounce off her some of um, her experiences and, and ideas that we both share and perspectives and things that we've learned all, over the years and um, just a lot of cool things that she's a part of. And so, um, as always, I'll have everything in the show notes over at andysocial.net. I'll have all of uh, Pratt's uh, social media handles and all the stuff that she is a part of. Um, anything that we discussed, I'll dump in there, as always. Enough of me. Please enjoy this great chat with, yeah, I'm going to shortcut it, Pratt. First things first, and maybe the elephant in the room, and I've asked around, I'm like, what should I call you? Ah, uh, all right. So, and so, and I'll, I'm going to make an attempt first. All right, perfect. And so then you can, you can laugh at me. So Aaron said Pratt. <laughs> yeah. Just to keep it really short and sweet. Mm-hmm. But if I just attempt to pronounce your name based off what you've got on Facebook, which yep. is your real name. Yep. I'm going, to, I'm going to push this. And people that have listened to this podcast for a while know that my pronunciation is horrible. So, Prathana Nandini Venanathan. That is pretty spot on, actually. That's yeah. really good. That's a good attempt. Okay, now you do it. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> it will obviously be, be a slightly different, but it's Prathana okay. um, Nandini yep. Venanathan. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah, got my little of. Indian, yeah. No, kind of. But you were close, yeah. I didn't do the ochre, the ochre pronunciation of just Pranthana, Nandini. It's way better than Pratana, so. Oh, okay, you get that. Yeah, you've done well. Okay. You've done well, yeah. (laughs) So, I have been following you online for quite a bit, and it was a bit weird when I hit you up because I'm like, like, I see you're so active on social media, and we'll get to that shortly, but... I kind of knew you a little bit, mm. to a degree. Yeah. And so it was weird. It's like, hey, I know we've been connected for a while, but uh, you Absolutely. want to do this podcast. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot that I don't know, which mm. is hence why we're having this conversation. But um, you're, you have a, a big presence in the Australian metal scene now. which Kind of, yeah. You're, you're, getting, you're getting there now. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. do a lot of work with some of the... The, the guys who are doing big things now yeah. um, over the years. And, and for me, I've seen, um, you know, Non-Day for quite a few years mm. and the Soundworks guys for quite a few years. Yeah. And um, they've gradually over the years built and built and built and they've, they're doing some great things now. And you're running alongside them doing, doing great yeah. work. So um, where did all of this come from? So where did it all start? Yeah. It's mm. a very good question. Um, with... Uh, oh, I don't even know where to begin, but <laughs> I'd say because I've always had such a connection to music, not not just not just the Australian metal scene, but in general, music has always been a big part of my life. Mm. Um, and so I started out just blogging when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old, when you had, um, what is it, blog, blogger.com or yeah, all well, of that on yeah. Google. Um, so I just like write about whatever music I was listening to or something like that. And when I moved to Australia a few years ago, I thought, okay, maybe... And I I heard, you know, you can get into shows for free (laughs) if you write about them. And I'm like, hey, that's not a... That sounds good. Yeah, that means I get an extra burrito this week. I can save money on a ticket. Um, But it was really good. Like, um, I started writing out for publications like Metal Obsession, which was my very first one, um, and then Loud and uh, Wall of Sound. So um, I think... It was just my love for writing and music combined. Um, 
that kicked everything off. And I've, I was just I was just happy doing that. But one thing led to another. So um, with regards to direct touring, which is my primary sort of role in the music scene right now, is working alongside Dave Haley. Um, we, uh, well, I tour managed Psychoptic when they did their first um, Indian tour last mm. year. And well, last year, 2017, that was. Forget we're in yeah, 2019. It's like almost two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. it's so strange. But um, the promoter at the time that I was working for in India uh, hit me up and said, hey, do you want to do the tour? Um, at the time, I had, I, I just said yes because it was psychoptic and I've been a fan for ages. Um, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I decided, okay, you know, put myself out there and everything. And I still remember as I got onto the plane to get to Delhi to meet the band, I was just like, holy shit, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> you know, what's, uh, what have you gotten yourself into, Pratt? Um, but the moment I saw, you know, Dave and Joe and um, Todd, Lockie and everyone, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is, this is going to be fine. Um, but it, it went from there, really. I mean, I think... I just felt really comfortable doing something, um, well, what can I say? Uh, being a part of the scene in that way. Mm. Or, you know, first, like, it, it was gradual. I started yeah. writing, then tour management, um, and I'd done a couple of shows before that. Um, it just felt right, I think, is, is, is the best way I can sort of explain it. And I think it also matters who you're surrounded by. And that motivated me even more because Dave is Dave is like up there for me, big, big, big. Um, what do you say, mentor and a great friend of mine. Um, and yeah, just sort of picked off from there. And uh, once once the tour was over, I was kind of like, I want more of that. You know, I don't want to stop doing what I was doing. And I remember Dave also appreciated a lot of my efforts during tour and um yeah then we just got talking and i was like look i want to work for you um and yeah <laughs> it just went from there and uh, i've been with direct for oh, exactly a year now and um it's been Congrats. really good. thank you so much <laughs> thank you it's it's a real honor it's every day i'm grateful for the opportunities that Dave Dicey and Brad give me and, and how, how much respect they give my work and my abilities. Um, and it's been really good. Yeah. So going back to your love of writing, mm -hmm. has it always been writing around the topic of music or have you been writing about other things that you've been passionate about and music was something that came along a little bit later on? Like The second one, absolutely. Um, music... I mean, I always grew up listening to, my dad was big on Pink Floyd and the Bee Gees and all of that nice. stuff. So uh, music has always been number one or one of the number ones, but um, there are a lot of other things also that I would write about that I still write about. So anything from travel to, you know, living an unconventional lifestyle, which is pretty much my whole life <laughs> since I was a kid, um, or even, even just, you know, a, being a vegan as well, um, veganism is something that I'm very, uh, very passionate about, but um, I don't fit in with the vegan community as such, yep. nor do I fit in with the non-vegan community. So I'm kind of like in You've between. You've got your own little thing. Yeah, yeah, I've got my own set of beliefs and ideologies, so it doesn't always match with people. So it's, it's sort of my, <clears throat> a lot of what I write is don't be afraid to be yourself and don't, don't be afraid to sort of do your own thing, you know, like don't be a part of the herd. And and you said you still write about a lot of this now. Mm -hmm. Do you do you put it out there publicly, like I, a little platform for blogging or anything like that I still? I do. I, I did have one. <laughs> I did have one and it was called um, It's Okay to Be a Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Well done. I know, I know. I was very proud of myself. 13-year-old me, you know, coming up with all the ideas. Um but I sort of canned that one for a few reasons, not not because I didn't like what I was doing mm. with it, but I felt my experiences, the kind of person I am, sort of grown, not changed, mm. but grown, and um, I wanted to convey things from a different perspective. Um, so I do have one blog that I'm working on called Metal Mummy, which yep. is uh, my sort of online alter ego, not mm. alter ego, but like my online name. Um, so I will be uh, 
bringing more content onto that. So yeah, stay tuned. That's cool. Yeah. Do you do you look back at what you have written over the years and sort of like, especially for me, like I don't do a lot of writing as such, um, but certainly things that I've typed out and articulated uh, in written form. And I look back years later and I go, oh, that's bad. Um, but somebody that actually puts a lot of time into their writing, do you, do you, do you have a challenge with that when you look back and see the stuff that you've, you've done? Mm, in terms of uh, do I struggle with coming up with right? Well, just uh, what you've, like the types of things that you've, you may have written about or just the way that you wrote because, you know, you grow, you get older and so you, yeah. your views change and... Just, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've I have that's prob- one of the reasons I um you know let go of the old blog cuz um the way that I was writing was very like I've become a much more mellow person now. Mm. Like back then I was all about you know, oh, I've got to get out there and I've got to be social and I've got to make all these friends and meet all these people. And then once I was 16, I'm like, mm, <laughs> no more. And I was 16, oh, you know, yeah. like <laughs> at that age is when everyone wants to go out and then um, but yeah, in terms of how it's changed, it, it is it is mainly that just my uh, view on a lot of things in life, you know, music or traveling or, you know, religion or um, cultures. I'm big on all of those things. Mm. So I want to focus more on those things. And um, I would say all the stuff that I write musically as well, even reviews or interviews that I do with bands, everything has more of a philosophical touch to cool. it. Yeah, so that's that's where my focus is now, and I hope it continues. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. You mentioned before that you moved moved to Australia a few years ago. Mm-hmm. What was what was the decision to move out here? Um, I've always been an Aussie baby. Like uh, I I was born here in Sydney, mm-hmm. and um, I grew up. I spent like my early years here, growing up, and just just falling in love with the place. And I have some really beautiful memories as a child. Um, so when I was, when I just turned 18, I was like, yep, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> I'm leaving. And I, I dropped out of school, um, when I was 13 or 14. And when I say dropped out, it wasn't like a rebellious hmm. kind of exit. It was more, I felt like I wasn't gaining what I wanted to, or learning what I wanted to learn from school. Um, so my, I, you know, my parents were also parents have been extremely supportive in all of my insanely ridiculous decisions in life so this was one of them Mm. and um, I said I want to go back to Australia and at the time as well I was finishing off my degree one of the degrees that I was doing and I said I want to go do it in Australia and I did have a, a job opportunity that would pay you know the bills and put food on the table so I was like okay I'm just gonna do that and yeah, that's why I moved. And plus, one of the other reasons was the music, you know, because in India, um, it is difficult to be a part of the music scene if you, unless you are a musician, it's hard to sort of, you know, be, it's not even about being known for me. It's just about doing something that adds value. Contributing. Yeah, yeah. contributing. And I couldn't find any sort of avenue to do that in India. And I'm like, okay, Australia's got some really good things happening. And, you know, all of a lot of my favorite bands are from Australia. So I'd like to, you know, go and see what I can do there. And that's where it kicked off with, with my writing. Um, so I mean, <clears throat> when Psychoptic went over a couple, couple of years ago now. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. You must have had, I mean, as you said, you, you got approached to, to do the tour managing yeah. for that, for that yeah. tour. Yeah. So you must have built a bit of a network with the Indian metal scene I there did. as well. So um, there's probably people that we both know yeah. based in India. Yeah, um, there is actually. So at the time, uh, it was I was working for a company called Orca Networks. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did some really good shows. Uh, and uh, the promoter, um, she was very hardworking and very dedicated to making India or putting India on the map Mm. for metal and I think she did an amazing job but you know some bad decisions along the way didn't really you know take her down the right path but you know everything happens for a reason Mm. but I was working with them for a while and one of the first gigs that I worked on was (laughs) funnily enough Behemoth which is one of my all time favorite bands Um, so 
I worked on Behemoth's first Indian show and that just changed everything. And even though um, I was only doing stuff like PR or just sort of, you know, tying up any loose ends uh, before the tour or just assisting her in any way I could, um, during the tour, the moment I saw the band, I was like, all right, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm how, however old I am and I'm working with, this is my first ever show. Um, that that sort of what can I say motivated me to really work towards and it made it showed me that if I really put my mind to it I could I could go places and again it's not for me it's not the glamour or the fame or you know oh look you know I'm working with Mm. this band or look this band you know put me up on their Instagram it's more personal satisfaction and um, I think she acknowledged the work that I did and my rapport with the band and appreciated that. Um, and the other reason I would say is, I, or at least I would like to think is um, the sort of friendship that I built with Lachlan and uh, Dave mm. over the years. Um, even though I couldn't really meet them, I did bump into them a few times here and there. Like I still remember the first time I met Dave was I think after an Amanda show or something, yeah, and right. I'm just like I'm a big fan. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. That's, yeah, he's so awesome. chilled. Yeah, <laughs> always, always. As he as as he told me recently, and Mom, sorry, I'm swearing, but um, one of the best pieces of advice was uh, if you panic, you're fucked. Yeah. So <laughs> I have taken that very seriously. Um, but yeah, so I feel like the friendship that I've built with Dave over the years really made him as I mean made him acknowledge what I was capable of as well and which is why she gave me the opportunity because I knew them and she knew that I was a fan of the band and it all just sort of worked together it's a cool it's a cool it's sort of like a right place right time sort of thing in a way because at least from my perspective as a musician especially if you're going to a different country Mm. and especially a country that might not be well known for for music mm. uh, as far as metal is mm. concerned so you sort of you go in there it's this big unknown and yeah. and what you're hoping for is that there's somebody on the ground there to welcome you mm-hmm. and for a lack of a better term hold your hand <laughs> yeah. because when you're on stage it's great you just do your thing but mm. everything else you're like whoa what is going on and yeah we can all look after ourselves and work it out mm. but when you've got somebody that's local yeah. and just knows the right things to do and not and Absolutely. sort of steer away from <laughs> bad decisions then yeah. it can be it can be a massive help so to have and the right band as well mm. the right band to go over at that time um who you would have i mean from them i can only I'm talking on behalf of them, of course. But um, I can only assume that they were just so thankful just to have somebody that can just put their mind at ease to mm. know that there's somebody there as a resource that they can lean on. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I, can, I gave so. them that comfort. But because <laughs> a lot of the time, I mean, I think it was just a sensory overload. Like mm. you said, it was the first time any of them were visiting India, I think. Yeah. So it was a lot. And it wasn't for just three days it was for two whole weeks Mm. um so I was really it was a big responsibility and I was quite um initially I was quite worried that I wouldn't be able to that not that they needed looking after but like you said just someone to to be around and to help them out and I you know after those two weeks I realized that I wasn't I didn't do as bad as I thought I would um but I remember like a few there were a few incidents where like we were driving through Delhi and we were trying to get to a hotel and uh, the, the driver and I'm, I'm from the South. I'm a hardcore Saudi. Um, and I, yeah. <laughs> is that what you refer yourself to? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. from Tamil Nadu and we're like super conservative and super traditional. Yeah, right. and, okay. Um, but yeah, very, very South Indian. So for a South Indian to go all the way to North India and spend, you know a certain amount of time you're just like you're like ready to beat the shit out of everyone by the end of it Uh, but I remember we're driving to our hotel and the 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 driver was like just losing his shit about something screaming at the other guy and basically told all of us with all of this gear four Australian guys me everyone get out of the middle of the road carry all the gear to your hotel which is like 600 meters away from where we are now 
And I somehow <laughs> managed, in my broken Hindi, managed to like fight back and say, "Not nah, you're dropping us right at the end over there, and then we'll walk." So like little moments like that was it was it was pretty good. And another favorite moment was when we got to Chennai, which is where I'm. One of the places I'm from. I lived there for a long time. Um, we got to the airport, and I got one of my one of my known um, a taxi drivers. He owns mm. a, a travel agency, uh, so I got him to come with like the traditional South Indian garlands and everything. <laughs> nice. And like we put the it's called kungamum. It's like spread powder. Um, got them to come and they welcomed the band and it was so amazing to see how awkward all these guys <laughs> were. They were just like, what the hell what is going doing? on? Yeah, <laughs> how do we react? And But Lockie was, you know, he loved it and he wore the garland oh, on he stage. he right into it. Yeah, he got on stage and he had the, gar- the you know, the flower garland on and it was, it was just, oh, it was amazing. It was killer. Uh, it's cool. And I think, I mean, I know just from being in different countries and those people that are there to help and just make it just that little bit easier you build such a strong connection with mm-hmm. those people and a lot of a lot of people that I've met over the years in that type of relationship still got a great a great relationship with them even now um, and I think that's probably helped you especially already having the connection with Australia and then yeah. wanting to come over here I mean it's, mm. it's definitely helped but I think I'm, I'm once again like assuming from the guy's point of view but to have that connection with you and that experience for them like it's a it can be like a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah um and such a culture shock such a dramatic thing that change yeah, yeah. um but <clears throat> to do that and have that experience where you're helping them through mm. that experience um yeah naturally it sort of helps it helps uh, for, for you as well future opportunities because the guys did, are really yeah. passionate about doing things for you as well and giving you opportunities yeah it it th- that's what like it i think it um also changed my opinion of myself Mm. Um, not changed my opinion but made me believe that I was capable of a lot more Mm. or I wasn't giving myself enough credit because I still remember coming back from that tour and feeling like you know wow you you know I did that or I helped doing that and it was a really good feeling Um, and I don't like obviously I don't like talking about it too much but I've become more confident in expressing what I do and because a lot of people have no idea that they, they just see me everywhere <laughs> it's like oh you're at this show oh you're at this place oh okay you're traveling okay what do you what do you do with your life like who are you um and I never know what to say like even today I was wondering you know how do I how do I introduce myself yeah, what, do you do? what do you do <laughs> damn it <laughs> um okay so how much time do we have? Yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, so as as a profession, I am an English teacher. Hmm. And um, that is something I started doing when I was 17. Um, and it just runs in the family. Uh, my mom was a teacher. Both my grandmothers were teachers. There you go. There's a the plane. plane. <laughs> um, we were supposed to have trees earlier, but that did not work out. No, so it's all okay. good. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, so yeah, I teach um, English. Yep. Um, right now, it's to international students, so travelers, backpackers, um, some university students, and that has got to be one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Um, so that is what I am professionally. One of my professions. Um, I also do a lot of writing, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but my second job, so to speak, is with direct. So for direct, I do, you know, PR, promo, um, social media management, mm. and basically assisting Dave, Brad, and Dicey in any way I can. Um, you do some stuff from Aaron as well. Yes. So Aaron, I work at his studio in St. Peter's, which is amazing. Um, and it's really nice because it's also given me, um, or rather I'm gaining knowledge in that area of sound engineering and everything Mm. as well um so i do that um i also i do a few like bits and pieces here and there but these are the main things that i do um i also work for an app which is called life and i do content monitoring for them so it's a really good app it's like um a social media platform Mm. for people that are 
going through any sort of difficulties. It could be anything from self-esteem issues to anxiety yeah. to, you know, any abuse that they've faced. Or, it gets really it gets really intense. Is it an Australian-based app? Yeah, it's yeah. based in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, I've never yeah. heard of it. So it's, it's a really cool. good way because a lot of people don't like going to therapists. Mm. And I know I'm one of them. Like any time I have an issue, either I call my mom up or I just, you know, just sit and try, try and, and work it, it out. Yeah, work mm. it out myself. Um, I have never liked the idea of going to a therapist. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just not for me. Yep. Um, so when this came around, I was like, oh, this is this is a good alternative for people that are, you know, um, but yeah, doing some work for them as well, and it's really it's really nice to be able to help people in that way. Um, I think there's a running theme with my podcast, and maybe I'm just naturally attracted to the people that just do a million different things. <laughs> but you, like I, and I say this so often, but you're another one of those people that is just a jack of all trades. Like you just do yeah. so many different things. Do you think that you need to have lots and lots of different things on the go at the same time just to keep you stimulated like mm-hmm. so a lot of people they've got one thing yeah and that's and, that, and their whole life is that and they mm-hmm. dedicate themselves but I'm one of the people and that's probably why I connect really well with others yeah where I've got to have five or six different things and sometimes it it can be a really hard thing to do mm-hmm. because not everything gets it's dedicated or it's it's uh, deserved time and focus but I need that. I need to be able to. I need that stimulation of being able to move mm. and try different things. But is that something similar for you as well? It is. That yeah. is very much who I am, and have always been. Mm. Because um, I remember when when I was younger, my mom would always say, "Pick one thing and stick with it. Mm. Commit." Um, and I did try. It's not like I didn't try to just do one thing or go down one path. Um, for example, I worked with uh, the British Council for almost four years which is a which is a long time for me to stay in one place um but I do feel that I have always enjoyed doing a number of different things like on the side as well again something that I don't really talk about or um or yeah something that I don't talk about too often is my artwork Mm -hmm. um but I do a lot of concept art and it's just that it's just that I love so many things, or not so many things. There's a few things I love, but so passionately that I want it to always be, I want it to always be there. You know, um, it has been hard because, you know, you have to manage time, you have to manage finances, you have to, you have to do, you have to organize things all the time, and I'm not the best person at organization. Um, <laughs> Andy knows about that after today's <laughs> we've had, little... We've had three locations. <laughs> yeah, location changes. It's like taking a movie. Um, but I think I think it's important for me to be able to do everything that I've always wanted to do. So in terms of music, I'm getting there now. Like cool. the, the goals that I've set for myself, I'm getting there in terms of art, in terms of my career. Um, another big thing that that is so, so important to me is travel. Um, no matter where it is, it's just, I just have to see different places every year. And I always do things that ensure that I'm able to, you know, take, take up everything that I want to do. That's cool. Yeah. So I guess, well, for this year, Mm -hmm. what's, what's the travel plans? Just thinking about travel. Ooh, I don't know whether I want to, well, let's just say it's, a place where no one would usually it wouldn't be on everyone's first like go-to list one of the places i really wanted to go which i'm uh i don't mind sharing it's not that i don't i don't want to share it it's just that i don't want to jinx it oh okay yeah it's not confirmed yet. it's not confirmed yes yeah. so i don't want to be one of those like oh look this is where i'm going and then oh, end right. up Pe- going to like <laughs> Hunter right. Valley. a bit of mystery is good and yeah. people can follow you and then when it does happen then people can like, go oh boom. that's what it was yeah okay. Okay. no but yeah it's it's a really exciting um, it's a big, it's a big one, hmm. um, and I think I'm, you know, pushing myself a little too. F- no, I wouldn't say I'm pushing myself too far, but I, I think I'm being a little ambitious with it. But okay. I think I need to do that once in cool. a while because step outside of my comfort challenge, zone. Challenge yourself a bit. Absolutely, but a couple of other places I've been wanting to go is, um, you know, like uh, Eastern Europe. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in the east, but places like Macedonia and yeah. um, Albania, Serbia and all of that, or 
primarily because these are the countries that I've learned about when I was studying history. Yeah. And um, yeah, so those are some places I have on my list for this year. <laughs> That's cool. I um, I always try to, I don't travel as much as I used to, but mm. I always try to do at least one international trip a year, mm. even if it's a very short one. Um, it doesn't matter as long as I've, I've, I can say that I've gone somewhere. I've left the country, even Absolutely. if it's for a weekend or something. I yeah. just got to get out. It's really fun, isn't it? Yeah. Like just sort of just to to experience something else, and that's what I always say to people. Like you know, don't don't look at you know. Uh, I'm a very different traveler as well. Like I don't like going to the places that people usually go to like tourist touristy sort of yeah i can't do it hey i can't (laughs) just can't (laughs) um i'm the person that goes sits in cemeteries or you know looks at (laughs) one of my site my go-to websites which i'm which i do want to share is atlas obscura which is yeah it's a really good website so all you need to do is punch in the name of a place that you're going to and it'll have all these really weird like obscura all these really weird um also they're performing in may Please oh. come. <laughs> just thought I'd shove that in there. Obscura, <laughs> yeah. But um, it just lists all of these crazy mu- uh, museums and just you unusual know, places that yeah, people that wouldn't think to go to. Off the beaten track kind of oh, cool. spots, and um, that's what I've been using for the last I don't know five years since I started traveling on my own. Um, but I think it's really important. So it's good, you know, that you try and get out once a year because. There's so much to see in the world and just not enough time. That's right. So. And it's good to it's good to open the mind and, and have different experiences and learn about the world. I think you get a bit more you have a bit more compassion for other people when you get to see that there's more than one way to live. Mm. And so I know a lot of people that have never left their own town, let alone yeah. the state or the country or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. And and you can tell their outlook on the world's very different to somebody that has done a lot of traveling and interacted with lots of different people. Mm. Um, so it's it's a healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not as hard as people think. I think probably years and years ago, it was so expensive yep. to get on a plane. Yeah. But now it's like, it's so cheap. Oh, it's, it's so cheap. And now they have things like Afterpay, which I wouldn't recommend, but <laughs> but it's good. You know, the It's an option. Yeah, yeah, the opportunity to travel is so much more. And that's something else that I've always greatly appreciated because my parents have been nomadic since Mm. as long as I can remember so that sort of passed on to my sister and I and um the whole family which (laughs) there's a lot of times where we've all just met at stations or airports (laughs) and it's like but but we're all going in different directions but we're like oh hey you know I'll be at this station at 10 o'clock oh cool I'm taking the 11 p.m to back to Chennai so I'll see you there and we just like meet at the station might you know pass on dinner or something like that but travel is always sort of been one of the things that um our families enjoyed all the time and all like I come from a very I don't seem like it I I guess I don't know but I come from a very small village um town area in India and um to be able to you know do all the things that I'm doing now and to be able to see the world through different lenses is just absolutely incredible so something I'm very grateful for oh I saw it might have been oh, sometime last year, I think, mm. but months and months ago. And I think you were back home. Yeah. And I was I was watching some of your Insta stories. And mm. it was just, it was so fascinating because it's just, it seemed like a completely different pace and <laughs> yeah. a, a different vibe, different life. And it was just really fascinating to see what it was like or what it could yeah. be like. And, um, and no doubt, like, having that experience and then, I mean, obviously traveling all over the world and mm. doing lots of different things and helps, but to to have that as your base yeah, and then to come here and now be living back in Australia, yeah. I mean, it must, it must give you a good balance. It's, it's definitely a good balance, but one that is also quite difficult mm. because life back home is... is a lot of people think living in India is is difficult or being Indian is difficult or, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it's always loud. And But my parents live uh, by the mountains in a little village surrounded by farms and we have all our rescue children. Um, I have 10 dogs and it's just... 10 you, dogs. 10 dogs. <laughs> 10 dogs. My beautiful, beautiful babies. Like every time we, every time we saw one, and we're like, okay, you know, we'll take them in, look after them, and then we'll send them 
to a good home, which is ended up keeping them. Yeah, <laughs> that was the case with my youngest, um, Lucifer, spelt <laughs> F-U-R. Very proud of that one. Um, he just, he just, we couldn't, I, like I couldn't let go of him. And a lot of the times we've had to get, send our dogs away, but... Um, no, we have 10 and very happy that we have all of them. And dad, mom and dad have a really beautiful place, uh, you know, enough space to keep all of them. So that's good. Um, but yeah, coming from that village life uh, and a very different kind of environment in India to this, it's quite a big transition. But mm. I think I'm lucky because, like I said, my family's moved around so much. And I think mom and dad have... Uh, given us that sort of flexibility and just the way they've brought us up to be so adaptable, I guess, has that has helped because, you know, I'm, I'm alone here. I don't have any family as such. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been good career-wise for sure. And um, also, you know, I get time off to myself and it's really nice. Yeah, It's cool. It's, it's cool to have uh, parents that have obviously put you on a path that gives you empowerment to to make your own decisions and follow your yeah. own path and i think yeah. that's really really cool what i mean what do your parents do or what did they do what was their, what was their <laughs> profession like it'd just be interesting to understand like yeah. where a lot of that's come from so my my parents do so many things as well that yeah. they're just like basically i'm i'm literally offspring <laughs> a copy or whatever you yeah. want to say but um my dad is an engineer by profession, um, but quit that like 30 years ago because he just had had enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, mom is a dietitian and a nutritionist. Um, but they, they've done so many things. I don't even know what they do now. Like half the time they're like at some workshop. But right now they're in the wellness industry um, and they do a lot of, um, they basically help a lot of people understand what a healthy lifestyle is and why it's important. Um, and they have their own vegan business, so to speak. So they, yeah, make like peanut yogurt, um, plant-based pickles and jams and all of that stuff. Um, and they're just so, just so flexible. Like they just do so many different things and, Every day they, uh, I guess that's why they've stayed together for as long as they have. Everyone asks me, how long have your parents been together? And I think it's coming on to 34 or 35 years. Mm. And they just always have something going on, which is, you know, it's it's really, really inspirational. Um, they also uh, do Amway. I don't know if anyone's heard about yeah. Amway yet. So they started off with that. And I think that is one of the main reasons they were able to spend a lot of time with my sister and I when we were growing up because it gave them that sort of flexibility to move around and um, yeah and now they're just living a very happy early retired life by the <laughs> mountains in Coimbatore. Sounds pretty good. Yeah it's great. So I guess um, a lot of that sort of healthy lifestyle stuff and you mentioned before about uh, you know being a vegan mm-hmm. And, and your own version of a vegan, yeah. sort of finding a middle ground compared to the non-vegans and the and the the hundred percent all yeah. in vegans. Yeah. Um, a lot of that, a lot of that's come from your parents as far as mm-hmm. body and mind, I would assume. Um, yeah. As yeah. far as you know, taking care of of you and. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were originally going to meet at the cemetery today, which I, <laughs> like when you suggested, that, I thought, oh yeah, let's do that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned like you go there to meditate. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen you talk about yoga and things like that yep. as well. What, it's the right way of asking this, what sort of influence, has, has that come from your parents as far as taking care of you as a whole, holistically, mm-hmm. like everything? Mm-hmm. Has that come from your parents or has that come from other influences over, over 100% time? my parents. Um, they've never, like, with, again, with my sister and I, and the reason I bring up my sister as well is because we're such a tight-knit family and they've always taught us to do things that make us feel good not Mm. just physically but mentally as well and spiritually Mm. and um, I would say I'm more spiritual than religious but I'm sort of inching towards religious and when I say that people are like oh so you're a hardcore Hindu and I'm like this is this is why I don't talk about it because Mm. people just jump to conclusions but when I say religious it's just having that belief 
that there is something greater than us. And it it can be a God, it can be an energy, it can be, I don't know, anything, anything that you feel connected to. But um, so coming back to my parents, they, when we were younger, they would expose us to all of these things. And they wouldn't say, you have to believe in this or you have to sit and read the Bhagavad Gita, mm. but they would show us what they did when they were younger or what my mom, for example, would do lots of different rituals at home. And um, that just sort of, at the time when I was a kid, I didn't really take it seriously as you mm. wouldn't when you're a child. Um, but as I grew older, I realized how important it was and how I wanted that to be a part of my mm. life. And um, my sister is very, very very traditional, very religious person and I've learned a lot from her as well in that respect. So coming to now um, with yoga as well, I'm, I'm a yoga teacher so I try and inculcate Another thing wow. <laughs> There's a few <laughs> There's a few things um, but I try and inculcate religion, spirituality yoga, a good diet and it's not to lose weight or, mm. you know, to have good skin or anything like that. But it's to make sure that you, that to make sure that I'm happy all the time yeah. or not even happy. Like I can be sad, but just that okay I'm with whatever state you're in. Absolutely. Just, mm. just being, yeah. you know, and I, f I feel like as I'm a big observer, like I, I watch people a lot, not in a creepy way, but uh, <laughs> I just observe a lot. And, um, the more I observe, the more I'm like, okay, this is how I want to be. This is how I don't want to be. And it's a good way to learn. And um, the cemetery, for example, um, that's where I do a lot of my writing, thinking and art and reading. Um, it's just quiet. And I am not... Uh, it sounds very weird when I say this, but I'm not a normal person. Like I do <laughs> things very, very differently. And... Um, I think the cemetery is somewhere where I can just sit and air out my thoughts. And um, what can I say? It's just such a beautiful atmosphere as well. It's You're surrounded by people from the past. And I'm a big history nerd. So it's like, you know, you look at a gravestone and you look at the dates and the names and, you know, maybe the little um, eulogy or the message on the gravestone. And I just make up my own stories about it. And that's how I do a lot of my writing at the cemetery. And... Um, that's cool. Yeah, and That's there's awesome. lots of puppies there as well. So I kind of <laughs> oh, just so there you go. There's a yeah, <laughs> it just comes out. I sit in the middle of the of the cemetery and I'm just like, all right, this is perfect. I have my kombucha or whatever I'm drinking. I just sit in the middle and you have like all these dogs coming through. So yeah, watch out for your dogs. I love it. <laughs> it's um especially like being in Sydney, and it's it's not one of the biggest cities in the world, but it is a big city mm -hmm. and. You know, it's very noisy and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and to find just that little place of peace, mm -hmm. smack bang, yeah. in pretty much the middle of Sydney <laughs> yeah. is, is pretty incredible. And, and if, I think for a lot of people you get swept up in the day-to-day. -day mm -hmm. and, and I think I'm assuming like what you're saying is a, a lot of the stuff around mindfulness and mm -hmm. being, being able to just be totally present. Mm -hmm. totally aware of what's going on um and i think many and i've spoken about this so much on the podcast so sorry guys um but you know the whole mindfulness of of having that awareness and being in the moment and being accepting of whatever you're feeling at the time yeah. whether it's discomfort or being upset or yeah. being happy or whatever it is it's just you you're being um but it's really hard to do if you're in an environment that's full of noise <laughs> and input and stuff happening and people coming and going and um you know, apart from someone's bedroom where they can sit there and lock themselves in their room, which isn't always the healthiest of things. <laughs> not really, no. Um, it's, it's very hard or people just don't think to try and find somewhere. Yeah. So for you to do it daily, is mm -hmm. that right? You say yeah, you go almost daily, every almost day. Almost every day. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a really – and without all the context, it's it's very healthy that you go to the cemetery every day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. And it's, you know, people around me, a lot of um, – uh, this is the other thing. I don't like calling people friends because I hate labels, but a lot of close associates or allies, as I like to say, um, they think I'm crazy. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are like, oh, why are you so depressing? You know, why do you sit in the cemetery? And I have actually taken a couple of people to the cemetery and they're just like, this is wonderful. And I'm like, there you go. It's actually a very happy place because people are hopefully resting in peace. Um, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful powerful atmosphere and if you're someone who 
who thinks a lot, like I do, I spend 80% of my day thinking. And I, that's one of my goals for this year is to talk less. And it's ironic that I'm saying this during an interview, during <laughs> but during a podcast. Yeah. But um, I, that's why I sort of try and go every day now. And back home, it would be to the farm or to sit under a tree or like go to the room upstairs and, you know, mom and dad have so many rooms in the house. I just find one which isn't occupied by a dog um, and then try and sit and meditate there. But honestly, I think it's very, very important to look in, look into yourself and think about what you really want and how you want to be because I've had so many experiences in life where I'm just like, oh, shit, I could have done better or I could have been better, you know. Um, so, you know, now that I'm, what, oh, my God, I'm 25. Oh, but you're so, you're so <laughs> I'm ancient. Like, I can hear my knees creaking even now. Um, but I think everybody needs to sit down and take that time for themselves every day. And it's it's funny that you mentioned that earlier, you know, being involved in metal you think you'd automatically assume that that's where I like to be all the time, but it's not, you mm. know. I I need to be away from it as much as I'm involved in it. And um, that's the other thing. I'm a person of extremes. So um, going to the cemeteries, and sorry if I'm going off on a tangent here, but like um, going to the cemetery is important because I am very, very introverted and big crowds or a lot of noise, all of that overwhelms me. Um, and people ask me, oh, okay, you know, how do you, how do you work in the metal industry or the music scene or whatever? And I'm like, that is something that I'm passionate about. And I, when I go to a show, it's like my mind is set for that. But when I come home, it's, it turns off, it switches off. And I guess that's something that I've learned to do over the years through meditation and other things as well. Well, it's that balance, isn't it? Mm, it's, it's, absolutely. And I think that's what makes a healthy lifestyle is to be able to have different extremes and mm -hmm. different places where your mind's just working in a different a different way yeah and so you can you can like from an energy level point of view you can be sort of peaking um in a particular setting and and really function really well but mm -hmm. then you need time to recover from that yeah and so you need the balance in these different worlds to sort of keep you keep you level you know? for sure and i think i think all musicians should do it because i see a lot of musician um musicians and musician friends and everyone in the scene um, struggling because they want to make it big or they want to do well with their music mm. but they're compromising on their mental health or they're compromising on physical health like well, when I went on tour with Psychoptic I realized how important it is to have a good diet <laughs> sorry Dave um, no not, not that you know we were eating shit all the time but I didn't prepare myself well enough I should have carried more because I because of how much importance I give to my health mm. you know so little things like that I feel like musicians should take into account you know if they really want to because I I've seen a, a really close friend of mine recently told me how he's just burnt out after you know 12 years in music and he's just fed up of it and I'd if you really love music, you'll never be, you'll never get tired of it, but then you will get tired of everything that comes with it. And I think people need to just, you know, if you need a break, take a break. Yep. And that's what I did recently. Like I just took a year off just so I could do my own thing. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to shows. I was just doing very minimal writing, like feature articles if I wanted to mm. do one. Um, oh, that's the other thing I do. I work for Heavy as well. So... I just thought I'd throw that in there. I'll have a long list. Yeah. Your, your resume <laughs> that's in the show notes. Well, you've got a fair few things as well going on for you, Mr. Andy. Well, yeah. I try. I try to yeah. keep uh, try to keep occupied and, and keep busy. But That's important, yeah. But I, I, I like it. And I think it's that balance again. You yeah. Know, I, I, I went through a lot of that stuff um, years ago where, you know, you get the focus, especially with music mm -hmm. and you have goals and things that you want to achieve. Yeah. And, but there's a lot of variables that are outside of your control. Mm. Um, and sometimes you lean on them too much and you rely on stuff that you've got no control over being the, the indicator of whether you're going to be happy or not. Yeah. Or whether your success is going to be based off of these variables that you've got no control over. Mm -hmm. And you sort of set yourself up to fail. Like you can crash and burn so quickly. Yeah. And, and it can be, it can be really dangerous um, from, from a mental health point of view. And there's been a lot, of, a lot of really good people that 
have you know passed on now because they just couldn't they Absolutely. couldn't manage it mm. and they've their focus was maybe in the wrong area and there's there's obviously like uh, clinical depression and, and, yep. and a lot of mental health concerns but I think a lot of it is us and I can only get from my own experience but not having the clarity or the awareness going mm-hmm. back to sort of being mm-hmm. and understanding what our true intention is like what what do we want like why do we do this and yeah okay like the accolades yeah the big crowds the the um okay. you know the success of what we think you know on a, on a global scale and all that stuff is is important and it's good to strive for that but I think ultimately I think most people just want to be able to do it and do it for as long as we can. Mm, and, yeah. and I think when, unfortunately for a lot of musicians, they don't realise that until they've already probably been doing it for about 10 or so years. I think that's the breaking point, if you ask me. Yeah. Like, not breaking point, but the tipping point, you know. 10 years and then you start to wonder, you know. That, like, I know a lot of people who wanted to settle down and have a family and uh, have kids and have that sort of out-of-the-city lifestyle. But, you know, they also want this. Or it's, it's I think... If you start off or, you know, it's never too late. I always say it's never too late. So if you start today and you start giving yourself more of that attention, it's possible to do both. But you can absolutely do both. And yeah. I think years ago it, w- it may have been a little bit harder or it was perceived to be a bit harder because you either had to do one thing or the other. Mm. So if you wanted the more uh, domesticated lifestyle of, mm-hmm. of the home and the marriage and the kids and, and yeah. the nine to five sort of existence, then you could only do that mm. or you had to be all in with the music. And, mm. and that was your identity and yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't balance it out. But I think now the it's, it's completely different. There's so much extra time. There's so much more opportunity. Um, mm. It's easier to network with people and find op- opportunities anywhere, not just in your local area, but all over the world. Mm. And, and I think the panic isn't there as much. I think with a lot of bands, I think bands realise that, you know, they they don't have to find success within the first few years. No. It can be something that's like, oh, I can see myself doing this for 20 years, 20, 30 years. I can see it do- until I can't actually pick up a guitar anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I think for a lot of people when they realise that, it's quite liberating. Yeah. Because then they can realise, and I know a lot of people that have got really good professional, and I, I use the word professional very loosely but they've got professional careers that are very white collared office style jobs Mm. um but they're still doing great things in music yeah and vice versa people that you know are doing amazing things in music but still have different types of jobs on the side that keep them balanced and it might be for financial reasons but sometimes Mm. it's just to keep them grounded that's it's really interesting that you say that because another sort of i don't know aspect that's defined my life is I come from a very traditional family and like my going back to my grandparents they for them having a successful lifestyle is you know having Mm. exactly that a good a good job you know preferably as a doctor or an engineer (laughs) not that that's wrong but it's not for everybody again um and having a car and having a house and then getting married and having kids and all of that um and both my sister and I are not married yet. So we're, we're pretty much old people to, to the old people. Um, but I think, you know, we chose our parts because it's, it's more important to us to, to follow that what, what we want or what we enjoy doing. And um, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is even for musicians, a lot of them are in the music because they're, they're good at what they do, but a lot of them don't necessarily enjoy it. And I think when that feeling creeps in you need to acknowledge it and take a step back you know look at it because it it is it is a big um and I see it a lot you know it's not talked about it's not something that's uh people are open about um but and and it's not something I would really talk about on social these are things that should not come up on social media as well it should be personal you Mm. know when I say when I say it shouldn't come up on social media, uh, don't get me wrong. It's it's just that people are so different online than they are in person, and I it's think it's harder. It's harder to have that type of conversation. Where, yeah, where a lot of a lot of those platforms are used to highlight highlight the highlights. Like yeah, highlight the high points. You know, <laughs> yeah. and and it's just hard to cut through when when I mean I think it's good to to have those to raise those t- type of topics mm. on social media platforms, but it is harder. And sometimes uh, in-person um, has a far better impact. But I, I, I agree. I think I, and I've seen a lot of people just throw in the towel and just give it up and, and sink into, not, not bad. I mean, a lot of people are happy, but 
yeah. um, happy but with regrets. And mm. so they, they give up the music because they've had that feeling and they go, well, I don't enjoy it anymore, so I'm just going to stop. And I think when people understand that, and I can't talk on behalf of everybody, but yeah. a lot of musicians I know have those feelings all the time. Mm. And a lot of times where you go, oh, my God, like, why do I do this? Yeah. Like, this is not fun. Mm. But then you realise that that's part of the process. It can't be great all the time. It can't be nah. inspiring all the time. You can't feel motivated or driven all the time. Nah. And when you don't feel like that, that's like the most important moment. That's the mm. most important part because that's when everybody gives up. And if you can get through it, mm. then you're you're ahead of the pack. And it's not, not that it's a competition, but it's just it's a real growth opportunity when people see that. So when people realise that they're allowed to feel that way yep. and they're allowed to feel a little bit disenchanted and, and uninspired and all that mm. and wondering whether this is the right thing for them, they, um, they're allowed to and they can still do what they do. Mm. And they'll find that love again and it'll come back. It will. It will. It's just about I think everything in... That's another thing. Everything in moderation is something I've always um, thought about. You know, if you do things but not too much of it, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever job you take up or a hobby that you take up, you do it a little bit at a time, it will, it will never overwhelm you. And I think being overwhelmed is, is part of today's world because everything's happening so quickly. Um, you, might have, you might have to do some... Uh some musician meditation classes. I would love to. If anyone's willing to come and do a little bit of yoga or, you know, there you go. Yeah, it could be something yeah. there. All right, well, yep. I'm looking at the time. You've yep. got a drum lesson. Yes, I do, with uh, with my boss. That's right, he's downstairs, <laughs> yeah. so we'll let you go. But, yeah. um, Pratt, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Andy. It's been a pleasure. If you want to reach out to Pratt, you can do so via the show notes over at andysocial.net. If you're listening to this through a mobile device, you can click through or scroll up in the show notes in the app itself. Um, doesn't matter what you're listening to. There should be a bunch of clickable links there, and you'll be able to discover and connect with Pratt via all the social media handles. And everything we discussed in this chat, there'll be links in there as well. So um, if, you did, if you did enjoy this episode... As with every uh, guest that's been on the podcast today, please reach out to them. Just spend a couple of minutes um, sending a quick message or an email or whatever it is uh, and just let them know what you thought because um, they've sacrificed some time to have me chew their ear off and um, be a part of this podcast. And I'm sure they'd really appreciate getting any feedback that they possibly can from people that are listening. And this is a really cool chat. I really enjoyed catching up with Pratt and having a chat and it was just a lot of fun. So thank you so much, Pratt. And uh, that's all I've got to say. All right, a few updates. Uh, now, I'm recording this a little bit in advance, not too far in advance, but uh, Lord, first of all, uh, the single United, Welcome Back, is out. So you can go over to lord.net.au slash united and go and check that out if you haven't already. Thank you so much to everybody who has checked out the video um, on YouTube and Facebook and uh, bought the T-shirt. Um, lots of orders for the new T-shirt design. There's a few left. Um, we've jacked the price up a little bit. So if you missed out on pre-orders, you missed out on the discounted price. Um, but the um, shirt does come with a free download of the single plus about 20 odd preview tracks from the upcoming album as well. Uh, speaking of the upcoming album, Fallen Idols, it's due out at the end of April. Um, at the time of recording this episode, we are trying to actually lock in the specific date uh, for the release. The reason why we haven't done that yet is we've been, uh, let's just say, negotiating with our friends in Japan. So uh, we've been having an interesting time talking to quite a few labels over there and um, it's been good but um, very challenging so uh, we should hopefully have a date set um, very shortly um, by the time this comes out there will probably already be a release so go over to lord.net.au um, you can follow us on all the socials Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, YouTube as well um, but if you go to the website lord.net.au you'll be able to find all those social media links and there'll be a press release there and um, ways to pre-order the new album as well so no doubt by the I would be very surprised Sorry, i got a truck driving past you guys. I'd be very surprised if uh, pre-orders aren't up and running by the time you hear this. So go over there, check it out. Uh, the new album, Fallen Idols, is going to be out very shortly. Um, lots of cool pre-order packs. Um, bonus tracks for the Australian edition. So if you're listening to this overseas, um, there are some bonus tracks on there, a couple of covers and a studio track that will not be available anywhere else, including the digital version. So make sure you get the physical CD version from our Bandcamp store. So, um, And even the Japan release will have different uh, bonus tracks again. again. So 
Um, lots of things to keep in mind there. So anyway, lord.net.au, go and check all that out. Uh, the next update is Cellstarter. Um, as you guys have been listening to me crap on for the last several months, uh, we are in between Season 1 and Season 2. I am looking for people uh, for Season 2, so if you've got any recommendations of guests who can be on Season 2 of the podcast, any uh, small business owners, uh, people that have an interesting side hustle, earn a little bit of pocket money on the side, um, uh, freelancers, anyone um, out there that's uh, taking the initiative and a bit of a self-starter attitude, let me know and I'd love to consider them for Season 2 of the Self-Starter Podcast. If you're curious about it, you can go back to Season 1, which is on all the usual podcast platforms. Um, no doubt what you're listening through right now, you'll be able to find Self-Starter, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au. Now, before we wrap it up, very, 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 very quickly... Um, I just got back from the US of A. Uh, Jess and I spent about 10 days in New York City, and that was a lot of fun. And I managed to record four episodes of the podcast. Um, It wasn't looking too good before I was about to jet off. Um, I had uh, not a lot of success getting people pinned down for the podcast, but um, it all came through, and I got four episodes recorded and some really, really cool stuff. So um, they won't be out until more than likely, I think, episode 100 and... Oh, hang on. Let me flick through my little uh, notepad here. I don't think the first episode from that series will be out until uh, episode 177 so we've still got quite a few weeks so stay tuned um, but uh, lots of good stuff coming so as you know and as you would uh, no doubt notice I've recorded quite a few episodes in advance so there's lots of good stuff coming um, really really cool guests coming up so I'm really excited to share all these great conversations with you all but until then Thank you so much. Keep spreading the word. Um, I'm really appreciating all the social media love. Um, Just last weekend, I went to download in Sydney, and I had heaps of people coming up to me uh, just give me some really great uh, feedback about the podcast and and a lot of positive uh, encouragement and just means a lot. It's just so cool. So please, um, if you know anybody out there that digs podcasts and might enjoy some of the guests that have been on, please, please, please pass it around. Um, I'm really enjoying where this is going and it's just so cool to see it getting recognized um, to the extent that it is now. And um, it's uh, it's been a long journey so far, three and a half years, and we are only just getting started. So really uh, appreciating all the support you guys are giving me each and every week. So thank you guys. Until next week, ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.